A lot of the guys have had ups and downs in their journey. They do good for a while and they crash. That dynamic could definitely cause a woman to feel like I'm never gonna be able to actually be free. That fear is one of the undealt with issues that a lot of wives carry around in life. Do not be afraid. We find this command over 100 times in God's word for a reason. Life can easily become full of fear. For wives, there can be overwhelming opportunity to live in fear when a husband has been in sexual sin. She fears that he'll betray her again, reopening the wound and bringing deeper pain to her and her family. In this show, both Kathy Gallagher and Pastor Ed Book will share about the topic of fear so that we understand how to face it head on and come out of life's trials with a deeper faith and a greater love for Jesus. This is Purity for Life. God designed a man and a woman to enjoy a marriage relationship that is fully intimate, loyal, and faithful to each other. But sexual sin shatters that relationship, and the consequences of a husband's sin can linger for years. Kathy Gallagher is with us to share some really helpful thoughts for women on the topic of fear. Kathy, you've counseled many, many wives over the 30 plus years since you co-founded Pure Life Ministries with your husband, Steve. So you are very familiar with a wide range of issues that come up with a husband and a wife as they're either dealing with the crisis of sexual sin or moving past it. Um, And we get a lot of letters and emails and things come up in counseling. And one thing that comes up fairly frequently is a wife asking, how do I leave the past behind? Meaning her husband has been, has genuinely repented and has been doing well. There's, there's some real substantial um, time in between Mm -hmm. his repentance and this point, but the wife just She's she's living in the past, mm-hmm. and she can't seem to track with him, right? You know, and progress. So, what would you say to her? Well, I would call that uh, living, waiting for the next shoe to drop, which is a hmm. miserable way to live. Um, and I think a lot of women, even if their husbands have had some a track record of doing well, um, probably most women have are dealing with that because it is, you just kind of are waiting. A lot of the guys, the men have had ups and downs okay. in their journey. They're, they do good for a while and they crash. They do good for a while and they crash. That, that dynamic could definitely cause a woman to feel like I'm never going to be able to actually be free mm. of the past. It's like, I'm, I'm living, waiting for the next shoe to drop, or just her own fear. This is not really, to be honest with you, anything to do with him. This is about her. And these are, that is, fear is one of the undealt with issues that a lot of wives 
carry around in life. I did. I carried it for many years, just kind of on guard. And you, it's somehow inside you're, you're shielding yourself or stealing yourself against yeah. the next wave. Right. That's kind of how it feels. That's kind of how you think. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a miserable existence and it is, you can't move forward. Yeah. Because you're you're waiting for disaster to strike again, even though he's doing good. Even though he's not really giving you any reason to believe that anything's gonna happen again, she's she is just she's held back. Um, but the ongoing um routine of fear and anger and bitterness is where women really get into a lot of trouble. They feel a legitimate, um, almost obligation to keep those things alive. It's not like you sit oh, around wow. and you think about it, but it's, it's almost it's, like a personal, it's like a, a betrayal of self. It totally is. To just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. And to not there, there's a there's a mentality that women have. I think maybe not all, but I think a fair amount of women have the same struggle. That if I don't keep my guard up, if I don't keep this flame of fear alive, if I don't watch, keep watch, he's going to do it to me again. Oh, it's going to happen again, and it kind of becomes a very defensive. Mm -hmm. adversarial position for a wife to get into. You don't do it on purpose. It yeah, just yeah, yeah. feels so natural. to. Yeah. It just happens to you. But you have to really take a step back and look at what is happening to you hmm. because something is definitely happening to you. What do you mean? Well, if you are filled with anger or having bouts of anger, or bitterness, or fear. The fear thing is just probably in my, this is my opinion, and it's just an opinion, but my opinion is that that is the single most um, soul-rotting thing that is happening to women. The fear. Even though fear is a good emotion and all of that, it teaches us to, you know, run when we're in danger, that right. whole deal. Right. But to live in fear as though it is going to be a wall of protection from future harm hmm. is it's such a deceptive thing it's not true it's not going it's making you into a different person you are developing into something that's not you are going to regret and you're going to have to undo i had to undo what i became hmm. And it's not a pleasant process. It's very painful. And there are remnants to this day of fear in me hmm. that I have to deal with. I still have to deal with it. Not fear of Steve falling or something like that, but it just, it attaches itself. Yeah. It becomes a mindset. It does. It's something that you use to protect yourself. Yeah. And then in the end, it is controlling you. Yeah. And it's, yeah, and all kinds of stuff stems from it. It's kind of like the same, the same sort of um, principle of the root of evil or the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And same thing could be said about fear. Hmm. It is a root. 
that just has a thousand heads. It's like pride. Pride mm -hmm. is a root. It has a thousand heads and practically impossible to kill, but you don't quit trying to kill it. Mm -hmm. You keep after it. Yeah. Yeah. So if he's not giving her, you know, proof positive evidence that something is imminent, then why is she so afraid? I, th I think it's because she's putting her hope in the wrong person. Mm. She's, she wants to hope and she wants to have a future and a hope. And the problem is that it's resting on a person. And that is a slippery slope for anybody. Um, but I'll talk, talk to wives about it because that is our issue. We put a lot of everything into our marriages. Mm. Um, it's our life. It's our world. And so he, without us trying to make this happen, it doesn't, nobody thinks this through, it just happens. If he does well, we do well. If he does poorly, we do poorly. If he's up, I'm up. If he's down, I'm down. And that's just kind of a natural thing in life. But when it comes to this issue, a woman who can't move forward, even though her husband has moved forward, she's, her hope is resting in him. And she has lost track of where her hope should be. Hmm. And it, to me, that's an, an obvious indicator that she is not really right mm -hmm. with the Lord inside. Because no matter what we go through in life, no matter what's going on, He is our hope. Jesus is our hope. My experience was, eventually became, that I could live with a man who was shaky and still have a life that wasn't going to blow apart because he blew apart. Um, and, but that, I had to get my priorities right. And I had to realize that Steve was not the foundation of my life. He wasn't the rock of my life. He wasn't supposed to be hmm. that to me. Hmm. And um, it's really hard for women to get their priorities <laughs> put in their rightful place because we are so, man, what, I don't, it's hard for me to describe it. We, so much is placed on them for us. We have our husbands, we have our kids, we have our home. That is our world. Our, that is our whole world. And it's everything to a wife to have that union and that oneness and that sacredness that the covenant is supposed to be. That, yeah. And it's real. It is very real. Yeah. But that comes ahead of our relationship with Christ in a lot of cases. And that's why a lot of women struggle because they've put the marriage and the security of it ahead of their walk with the Lord. I think we think, and I include myself in this, I think I thought that um, my walk with God would vastly improve when my marriage vastly improved. And I had that so wrong. I had it so backward that thinking that if Steve got it together and the marriage was good, that I could move forward with God. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't 
putting him first, if I wasn't move, moving forward spiritually, regardless of what Steve was doing, nothing was happening with me spiritually. I wasn't moving forward with God. I wasn't growing spiritually. I wasn't trusting. I wasn't leaning in. I was just doing what a lot of people do. And that is waiting for him to get it together so I can do life. What happens to a person internally when they are so fixated on the problem? Yeah. Just, just all of life is being lived through that. Yeah. And so what inevitably happens, whether it's a man in sexual sin or a woman struggling with horrible fear, Everything goes through that. All of life is being lived through that and things are falling away inside. You are becoming a different person. If you're a man and you're in lust, you're becoming corrupted. Your inside world is being hollowed out and you are becoming less and less substantial. For a woman in fear, you are you w- could potentially become controlling, manipulative, angry, bitter, full of wrath. You're angry at the kids. You're angry at life. You're angry at God. That's what's happening inside to the undealt with stuff, whether it's lust or anger, whatever the issue is. And that's why I make such a big deal about it. When I'm dealing with women, they have to go after the the root issue. The root issue, yes, there is a valid place for the pain, the hurt, the fear, yeah. that's all yeah. That's all part of it. But it has to be reined in. Just like I would say to a guy, if you're yeah. struggling with lust, you got to rein yeah, it you in. Can't you can't just it. let it go. Right. You got to yeah. deal with it. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with all the, the fear thing. And the reason a woman would not be able to move forward is because she's She's living back here in yep. her fear. It's yep. her fear. And that's what has to, she has to start working at that. Just like her husband has to work at overcoming lust. They're yeah. both sin issues. Yeah. They really are. One is sort of legitimate for a while, but God still expects us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, all your ways, everything. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That's truth. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth that a wife has to live in. In confidence and trust, you will find rest. That is truth. Confidence in the Lord, trust in the Lord. So those are things that a wife has to start attacking and dealing with. We're going to come back to Kathy in just a bit. Pastor Ed Book has had his own battles with fear. So he came into the studio years ago and shared from the Word of God and his own life about how Jesus has abundant power to set us free from fear. We'd like to play that interview for you now. Ed Book has joined me in the studio. Ed is the Administrative Manager here at Pure Life Ministries. Ed, great to see you. Thanks for coming in. Hi, Mike. I'm glad to be here. Ed, you wrote an article recently for our e-zine entitled Paralyzed by Fear. And I suspect that anyone listening can think of many times in their lives where fear has been an issue. We can all relate to the idea of fear. But you started this article out with, I thought, an interesting paragraph uh, juxtaposing two things about fear. Talk about that. 
Yeah, well, maybe I should say at the outset that I've certainly had a lot of experience with fear <laughs> over the years. Uh, mm. As a child, very fearful individual, especially of the dark, as mm. many yeah, young me children too. are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. I still yeah, don't that, look under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I still don't uh, walk up to windows at night. But <laughs> <laughs> right. So a couple of the things that stood out to me as I looked at the scriptures and my own experience kind of side by side when it comes to fear is one thing is that as a human being, fear paralyzes me. I get stuck. And I think that's true in general of people. We are paralyzed by fear. Mm, yeah. But on the other hand, Satan, our adversary, is animated by fear. It mm. uh, is an atmosphere that he thrives in and mm -hmm. I think works very, very hard to incite and keep immersing us in an atmosphere of fear because that's where he can do his work to corrupt and destroy lives yeah. so effectively. Yeah, no doubt about that. And well, hopefully as we go through this article, we'll be able to help to at least encourage people to have hope that they can get free of that fear that the enemy is so often trying to keep us in. One of the examples that you used of that, a classic example of fear, I think, uh, was Peter. Yeah, well, one of the probably most well-known stories of fear in the Bible is Peter uh, walking on the water. He has mm -hmm. that, uh, well, all the, a number of the disciples are in the boat and headed across the lake, and Jesus comes walking on the water toward them, and their reaction is fear. He says some reassuring things to them, and eventually Peter says, well, Lord, if it's really you, invite me to come walking on the water to you. And Jesus does that. He says, come. And so Peter gets out of the boat, and I'm sure many, many of us have heard this story, and he loses his focus. He makes a decisive error here and takes his eyes off of Jesus, and he begins to see the boisterous waves and the storm around him and starts to sink in the water. Mm -hmm. And of course, he calls on Jesus. Jesus reaches out his hand to him and says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Mm. You brought out, I thought this was good, you brought out that that question revealed a serious problem that you believe most of us face. Yeah, exactly, because what we see here in this uh, passage with Peter is that fear is literally drowning faith, and that is true in so many of our lives. You know, we can get stuck in unbelief. I've personally have felt that at mm -hmm. times when I was in my sexual sin in particular, feeling powerless to stop the behaviors that I knew were sinful, as well as powerless to put into practice the steps I could see and read in Scripture or other <laughs> biblical materials that Jesus was inviting me to take toward that freedom. But mm -hmm. I was paralyzed. <laughs> Mm -hmm. it seemed, by the role that fear was playing in my life. And and that's because we're dealing with a lot of fears, and I think this is very true of sexual addicts or yeah. those dealing with sexual sin, that fear has played a huge role in our lives. And probably many are dealing with something like a fear of intimacy, uh, fear of emotional pain and rejection, fear of inadequacy, just feeling insignificant and unable those are all things that kind of even feed and propel yeah. us into those uh, yeah. sexual addictions. Yeah, I had a checkbox next to each one of those as I look <laughs> back on some of the things that drew me into sexual sin. On the other side of that, though, you also say fear is very often the thing that hinders us from getting out of the sexual sin that fear led us into. Exactly, and that's what I mean by fear animating Satan. So now he's got us in this trap of fear, and I was propelled there by fear, and I can't get out because now I'm afraid of getting caught or exposed. Mm 
closed, afraid of losing my reputation, afraid of the consequences that I might have to deal with when my sin is exposed like that. It's really a horrible trap in a pit, and many people, I believe, out there listening today might be stuck in that pit, and it is my hope that they will understand that they don't have to stay Mm. there. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, You talked about that there is, in fact, ultimately only one way to escape this fear-based prison, as you called it. Yeah, Mike, the only way to get out of this prison is to face our fears. Uh, Proverbs says uh, very clearly that the fear of the wicked will come upon him, and that's exactly (laughs) what happens in many cases, unfortunately, as we let it go too long and the things we fear happen. In my case, my sexual sin got exposed and Mm -hmm. I was caught, and all those things that I feared came upon me. And I think many people experience that. But we can at any point make the choice to face those fears head on and overcome them. And the Lord would have us do that much sooner than many of us opt to do. You said that coming to grips with our fears is not complicated. It may not be complicated, but if you're in the grip of fear, it very often seems elusive. How do I do that if I find myself driven by fear, controlled by fear? What do I do with that? Yeah, there's, uh, in my mind, Mike, a two-pronged approach kind of, we need to replace that fear with faith, and the Mm. faith is just going to come from the Word of God. There's no way around that. You need to be immersed in the Word of God and letting the Word of God take a higher place in your thinking, in your heart, than the fears Mm -hmm. and the emotions behind those fears. But at the same time, you know, while you mentioned it's not complicated, it's not easy either. Uh, And I don't want to minimize that because I'm not even sure a person can literally do that alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, My experience, and I think the experience of most people I'm familiar with, is it takes a group of believers who can come alongside and help pray through on that regard before you can really overcome fear in your life. Yeah. You closed this article by talking about the woman with the issue of blood, which I think really spoke well to the love of Jesus in the midst of our fear. Talk about that. Yes, Mike. I think everyone's probably familiar with that uh, account in Scripture, but this woman had a 12-year issue of blood. She's bound in her fear and her uncleanness very much, like Mm -hmm. someone in sexual Mm -hmm. sin. And she gets just enough sight of Jesus in her desperation to reach out and touch the hem of his garment and and gets the healing she needs. But the reality of that story is, you know, when she touches him, Jesus immediately stops everything. He's Mm -hmm. on his way to heal somebody else, but he's got quite a crowd around him too. Exactly. In fact, Peter said that, you know, when Jesus asked, who touched me? Peter's response was, master, you know, you're surrounded by this large group of people. It could have been any of us. Right. (laughs) Why do you even care? It was pretty much behind Peter's statement. And when we think about that, I think the reason Jesus really did care was because he loved that woman perfectly. And in that love, he understood that while she had been healed of her uncleanness, her fear remained. Mm. And we see when he finally calls her before him, it says specifically she came in fear and trembled before him, Mm -hmm. but she confessed in that moment everything to him. And his response to her was, daughter, your faith has made you well. And she overcame all of her fear by that faith that he drew out of her and really imparted to her even in that very same moment. Yeah, he really, he laid the foundation for hope 
in her that she did not have before. You know, even as you're talking about that, I, I think of the man that was healed by the the pool at the Sheep Gate. And, you know, when he was asked, who healed you, he didn't know who healed him. But I've, I've always loved the fact that Jesus arranged a second meeting yes. so that he could know who healed him. And he wanted to heal his heart, of course, and he wanted to give that man a hope that he didn't have just by his healing, as wonderful as that was. That's right. Yeah. I think maybe many of us today would settle for just physical mm. healing, but God is always after something much, much deeper. Yes, and much more wonderful. Yes. Yes. Amen. Well, Ed, we appreciate you writing this article and uh, sharing it with us today. And hopefully, for those who may be experiencing uh, fear in different ways in their life, it will provide some hope to them that Jesus is not only aware of their fears, but he wants to set them free from the fears and the consequences of them. That's right. Ed Book, thanks so much. Thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure. I'm really thankful that Jesus is a refuge for those who are oppressed and a stronghold in times of trouble. We may go through times where things seem really dark and where it seems like hope is lost. But when we face those times in faith, something amazing happens inside of us. We come out the other side with a knowledge of him that we never had before and with a greater degree of trust in him. Let's get back to Kathy's interview. You know, it's funny because I, in my own life, I think probably over the last year and a half have realized just how much fear mm. plays a part in my own life. Yep. And I remember thinking, what do I do about this? Because you feel almost helpless. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't do anything about this. And one day, I just, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, Nate, this is no different than lust. Yeah. What it's happens true. when you have a lustful feeling? Mm -hmm. You kill it. Mm -hmm. So what happens when you have fear? You kill it. Yeah. You replace it. Hmm. You put something else there. So What is that something else for a wife? Well, what is fear? Fear is fear. Fear, you're afraid of something. So what you need instead of fear is faith or trust. Because that is like the, the counterpart to fear is to trust or to, to have faith. And this, again, is the process that every Christian goes through in every aspect of life. Something has to replace what's natural to you. Something has to replace your natural tendencies and bent. Okay. And that is faith in the Lord. Um, this love relationship that we have with God. Um, this the koinonia that we have with God changes us. Hmm. That's why we tell everybody, you have to have a time with God every day, or what I'm talking about will not happen. Mm -hmm. There has to be this union and this communion and this fellowship with the Lord. He is the source of you overcoming lust, of a wife overcoming um, fear, hmm. overcoming fear of the future, fear of losing everything, Jesus has to be the thing that is in place of her fears. He has to be that. Nothing else is going to come along that is going to give you what you're looking for. You're not even going to get what you're looking for in your husband if your husband were perfect. Hmm. I have as near perfect a marriage as I could ask for my hope 
ain't hanging there Mm -hmm. because I am human. I am fallen. My husband is fallen and I know this. My hope is in the Lord. Christians have in this culture been so inoculated and so numbed to the reality of how much they need the Lord. They, they think of God as a sugar daddy and that he is there to fix all my problems, all my woes, give me all the stuff I need. And they have so, he, you know what, to be honest with you, he is a big disappointment to so many Christians because he's not satisfying that. Um, he's, you mean he's not giving them what they want? Yeah, he's not satisfying that thing that they think he's supposed to do. Mm. And he has lost his rightful place in the hearts and minds of a lot of believers. Because in our, in our nation, in this culture, in our society, God is a sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. And women and men, men struggling with lust... I could say this easily. Men struggling with lust are disappointed with God because he hasn't come along, snapped his fingers, and taken this nasty monster out of them. Mm. A woman disappointed with God because he hasn't made my husband love me and do the right thing. And that comes out of a very, very wrong idea of who God is. And so we become we've become as a people in this country and probably in the world we have become very self-centered self-focused mm-hmm. and god is there to satisfy all that self stuff so when your hope is in a person yeah your bottom is going to drop out even if He's actually legitimately doing well. Yeah. So yeah. you're saying that, that that husband's performance, there is no level that he can attain that can satisfy the attitude and the spirit that you're talking about if a wife is just given over to fear or anger or bitterness right. or whatever. Those things have to be dealt with. I had to deal with my issues long after Steve got his heart right with God, long after he was doing the right thing, I had to deal with me Hmm. and the stuff that was in me. Because Hmm. it doesn't just go away just because he started doing the right thing. That was me. That's who I am. That's who I was. That is what was coming out of me. And so Steve getting it together and doing the right thing didn't take care of me. Yes, now I have peace in my home. We have a loving relationship. It's wonderful. Everything's amazing. (laughs) But I'm still, I'm not hanging my hope there. My hope is in the Lord, and it always will be. And I'll tell you something else, especially I want to say this to younger women. You don't realize it now. But in 10, 20, or 30 years, you're going to realize how much time you blew by waiting for him to get it together so you can have your happiness. You better find it in Christ right now. Mm. Go after him with everything you have because you will find that him doing it 
getting it all together. Yes, it's a blessing. And yes, I hope it happens. It's amazing. It's wonderful. But it's not the answer to your issues. You're going to find out after he has gotten it together, 10 years from now, you are still, you've got this thing in you, this fear that's driving your life, this bitterness that was never, the root of it never got clipped off. Mm. And it just keeps springing up. So you can blame your husband for your fears and you can live an empty life because you can't put any hope in him, but you don't have to. You know, I don't know if this is going to even speak to women. I'm just saying this because it's interesting to me, Mm -hmm. but it really reminds me of the mindset that was in the the Jewish community when Jesus came on the scene <laughs> because their whole mindset was that when the Messiah comes, yep. he's going to throw off the Roman oppressor. Yep. He's going to exalt us back to the place that we thought he was promising us. And when Jesus came, his message was nothing in this world has to change except you. That's right. That's absolutely right. And God never went after the husband to help the wife. Hmm. He doesn't operate that way. I used to, I've said this before, it's, it's in the public, um, whatever. I used to ask God to kill Steve because I really did believe in those early days that if he just went away, all my problems would be solved and hmm. I could go on with my happily ever after. Boy, was that ever wrong. Hmm. That was really, really wrong. Now, I know that there are lots of women who were gotten stinky marriages, got divorced, and went on to marry and, and lived the happily ever after. But I'm still, I know, spiritually speaking, there is undone business inside that person. And that God is going to have to, if you belong to Him, mm-hmm. He corrects and disciplines those whom He loves. And that correction can come in a lot of different ways. So, um, and he will deal with us. Mm-hmm. He does deal with us. He is not going to leave us undealt with. Mm. So, and this is the process for a wife too. Even though she is a victim, she has to deal with her stuff. Yeah. And get her hope and her eyes in the right place. That's right. And I'll tell you something, doing that, Man, you can go through anything when your hope is in the Lord. You really can. You can go through anything. You can handle stuff. Doesn't mean that you don't cry tears and that you don't feel pain, but you can do it and not become something else that God never intended for you to become. And Mm. you don't have to live a miserable existence. Yeah. You can be free. Yeah. Suffering. I know so many people who suffer so much and do it with such joy because their hope is in the right place. And that's the only way you can do this. About 10 years ago, I was in the most difficult time of my life, a time where honestly, I didn't think I was going to make it through. Every day was full of oppressive fear and torment. And it took almost all my strength just to get through each day. I honestly couldn't imagine ever getting out the other side. 
But in the midst of all of it, every single time I felt like completely giving up, right there was the Lord, literally giving me just enough strength to keep following him. Sometimes it was a minute-by-minute fight just to keep my head above the waves. So I, too, want to encourage you, please don't give up. Don't let your fears tell you what to do. They will lie to you, but God cannot lie. Some of you are in the fight of your life, and the essence of your battle is to cling to Jesus Christ with every ounce of strength you have, to press near to him, to cry to him, to trust him. And I'm telling you from experience that your fight to trust him is producing something in your life that will bring glory to God in the days ahead. I know you don't see it now, neither did I. We never do right in the middle of it. But God has solemnly promised no one who puts their faith in him will ever be put to shame. Your trial may be telling you something very different, but God's word is true. If you'll trust him, someday you will find out just how faithful he was to you. And all of your weeping will be forgotten in the midst of your joy. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.